0: Forests, original tales for curious and adventurous children. Welcome to our brand new series, The Sapphire Islands. Today, Toby and Eva arrive at the islands, hoping to find their mum and dad, who they'd lost in a storm. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Score and vocals by Zoe McNaughton and Thea Wallace.
1: the song and the compass. Eva's voice swept around her, blown by a swirling breeze, notes and moments reaching Toby's ears as he steered the ship. He heard some notes and his mind filled in the others. It was an old, familiar song. His mother had sung it to them a thousand times, more than a thousand, as they drifted off to sleep. Lulled by her voice and by the waves of the sea.
0: The sea breeze calls out to me memory of a melody from the land so sweet and blue, from the lost and from the true. Oh The song is a compass the mother gives a flute the wings send the shadow then a story and truth oh sweet time brings a sadness then you gather but leave my silent sapphire islands singing only in the breeze oh.
1: Their mother hadn't stopped singing it. She still did when they slept, usually. Not now, however, because at the moment, Toby and Eva had lost their parents. Or rather, their parents had lost them. Or perhaps it would have been better to say that the sea lost them both. They had been sailing as long as the children could remember on their family ship, the Bluebird. It was tall and graceful and moved easily and lightly in the breeze. Their father and their mother searched for curios, for rare, beautiful and wonderful things, and then sold them, and it created for them all a life of adventure. Toby and Eva had grown up with the sun on their skin, the wind in their hair, and the smell of the ocean all around them. They could sail, they could row, they could bail, they could swim like dolphins – and had frequently swum with dolphins. They regularly took out the smaller ship that came along with them, the pearl catcher, and they could sail it almost as well as their parents. It had been one such day, a day when the sun shone pleasantly, a lovely breeze skipped across the water, and the sky was blue and clear. Toby moved the pearl catcher gently along, and Eva trailed her feet in the water. Their mum was airing out the washing, Their dad was looking at maps. The storm had come so quickly. The ships had not even been far apart, but they were soon out of sight. Toby and Eva scrambled to work. Their sailing instincts, learned over many years, kicked in. But the waves rolled and the waves crashed. The sky rolled with thunder and cracked with lightning, and it was all they could do to keep afloat. There was no time to see where the bluebird had gone, let alone try to follow. By the time the storm died down, the children were exhausted and the oyster catcher was alone on the ocean. They had some food and water on board. They refreshed themselves and set a course. They knew where to go. It was in their mother's song. It was what they had always agreed as a family since they were old enough to understand. If they lost each other, they would meet at the Singing Sapphire Islands. They sailed through the blue ocean for a few days. They hadn't been far away from where the islands were placed on the map, carefully drawn in by Dad. The ocean somehow seemed bigger without their parents. The boat seemed colder, the sky darker. Eve cuddled up to Toby at every chance she got, and he threw an arm around her shoulders and they would try not to cry. They would find their parents at the islands. They would be together again. They would hug and dance and sing and their mum would hold them tight and smell their hair like she always did. Their dad would show them things carefully as he always did. Look at this detail, look at this crack, look at this fish scale. They were approaching the islands now in the morning. Their stores held strong but were dry and boring. Hard bread, biscuits, water, tough chewy meat. Eva sang out the song again. Ahead of them, shapes rose from the water, glimmering blue. As Eva sang, it seemed as though the air were joining in somehow. The islands were singing. Eva's heart leapt. They were here. Toby steered carefully for the nearest island. What had seemed so small when they were far off rose larger and larger in front of them, trees stretching out up to the sky. It was covered in forest. Eva looked out the front for any rocks sticking up out of the water, but there were none and they arrived easily. Eva jumping out onto the stony beach with the rope in hand, Tony following, pulling the little ship up onto the beach, tying it to a large stone. Perhaps their parents were here. It was the first island after all. Perhaps they were just beyond the trees. Toby collected some things together as Eva started and stopped impatiently. A small knife, a bottle of water, some old shriveled apples which were the last of their stock and a large bag to collect any food they could find. And then they set out into the trees. The trees stretched up above them covered in golden, orange and red leaves which fluttered down gently to the floor. They must be strange trees, Eva decided, for it was summer and most trees would be green at this point. They weren't strange trees. They were fruit trees. Eva happily picked apples and Toby crunched into one fresh and juicy. They found pears and brambles and filled their bag and stained their skin with the purple juice. They were delicious, but they shouldn't be there. Toby remembered the summer sun that had warmed his skin before they arrived. And it had gone and there was a chill in the air. It was as though they had stepped into a different season. Eva glanced at Toby. He had his thinking face on, but she didn't say anything. And then as they walked, it got colder and colder. Now the trees were almost bare. The leaves fallen. But it wasn't that which made Toby stop. He spoke for the first time in a while and pointed. Look, Eva. She looked where he pointed. There on a tree was a tiny feathering of white snow. This is very strange, Eva said, and then was overtaken by a shiver. (laughs) But I suppose we'd better keep going. I suppose so. Toby spoke gravely and stepped forward through the trees again. It got colder and colder, and a sharp wind began to blow around them. The sky above them looked different, colder. Soon they were in a forest clearing, up to their ankles in snow. It's winter, Eva said, confused. But it's summer, I'm sure it's summer. And it was autumn not long ago in these woods. Toby frowned. I wonder what is happening. Mum never did tell us much about these islands, Eva said thoughtfully, looking all around her as though a clue might appear. Maybe they're, well, she couldn't quite bring herself to say magical, but Toby knew what she meant. Perhaps we'd better go towards the centre of the island rather than around the outside. It seemed as good a plan as any, and so Eva agreed and they worked out their position and started to walk again. It was cold and they hurried, trying to warm their limbs by moving quickly. Look, Toby spoke again. They had walked for a while and had a sense that they were close to the middle now. Eva looked up. They were in a clearing and in the middle there was something moving. It was covered in dark brown fur, piled and folded against itself and it moved in strange scurrying movements. Eva wondered if it were a bear, but it didn't move like a bear. It straightened up and Eva wondered if it were a tree and Toby wondered if it were a stone. But it turned out to be a man with a long beard that looked like the dead branches of trees in the winter, with eyes that looked like the oldest stone, wrapped and covered in furs. He slowly raised an eyebrow, clearly a little surprised to see them. You have come to the Sapphire Islands. I am arthus He spoke, and his voice was like the waves against stone over and over through the years. Welcome. Have you lost something? Or do you seek refuge here? We are called Toby and Eva. We have lost our parents. Toby spoke, and Eva thought he sounded very grown up. We were separated by a storm. Please, have you seen them? They were on a ship called the Bluebird, Eva jumped in, speaking quickly. Mama has big curly hair and brown skin. Papa is tall and usually sunburned red and has deep brown eyes. Toby smiled at her enthusiasm. I have not seen them. The man spoke and their hearts sank. Things in the islands are not easily found. But they can be found. Eva and Toby looked at each other. What sort of an answer was that? But the man spoke again. But I can help you. I can tell if your parents came here and if they are in the islands. Thank you, Eva said as Toby said. Please, can you tell us? The man smiled at them for the first time. It was a strange smile with a little sadness in it too. It is I, and it is the island, and it is the islands. We cannot do it without some help. I will need a leaf of each season of this island, and then I can find it out for you. Bring them to me when they are found. He gave them a nod, then turned away to whatever he had been doing before. Eva and Toby looked at each other. A leaf from each season? Toby spoke quietly. Does that mean we have to stay here for a year? Eva said, the edge of panic in her voice. I don't think so. Toby scratched at the ground with his foot. We saw autumn and winter already. We could go back there. Perhaps the rest of the island is spring and summer. Of course! Eva smiled and Toby thought it was the best smile he had seen from her for days. Let's go! They decided to do winter first to get the cold over with. They walked into the trees and looked around them. Should they try to find the remains of a leaf under the snow? Toby crouched to start to look, plunging his hand into the freezing snow and wincing. But Eva, dancing ahead, called out, ''Toby, Toby, an evergreen!'' He followed and she was standing below a cluster of fir trees, the winter sunshine shining down on her and a breeze stirring the snowflakes. He grinned and she swirled around. He grabbed her hand and she spun under his. Then she spun out of control and they landed in the snow and couldn't stop laughing. The laughter was a release of all their sadness and it went on and on and on. Eventually they stood and Toby took a small section from a fir tree. Let's go to spring, he said, shivering. We could do with warming up. It wasn't long before the snow began to disappear and the woods changed colour. The trees around them had buds. And then suddenly they were in a magical woodland, completely covered in blossom pink and white and yellow. It seemed like a palace, like a magnificent place, where one should whisper. The beauty was breathtaking, the sun and the petals and the glimpses of squirrels and birds through the trees, the sound of birds singing and chirping not far off. Toby and Eva trod lightly, not wanting to disturb anything. Yellow daffodils and bright purple and yellow crocuses littered the floor. Eva reached up to a low hanging branch, looked at Toby, who nodded, and carefully took a small handful of blossom. She had a feeling of not wanting to take any more than she absolutely had to. They walked through the spring, feeling the air get warmer, feeling a new hope rising within them. And then it was summer again and the sun shone through the trees and onto their skin and butterflies fluttered and bees buzzed. They picked juicy strawberries and purple plums and fruits everywhere. Their bag was full of them, delicious after days at sea. They drank from a cool stream and saw the flash of fish darting through it. Toby thought he could have caught some if they had more time. And Toby reached and picked a magnificent huge purple leaf from a tree. Eva smiled and they walked again towards autumn. They watched the leaves begin to change, and soon there were piles of them everywhere. Eva looked at Toby's face and thought he was looking serious again, but then he gathered himself together and did a massive jump into a huge pile of leaves, and they both laughed. And she kicked piles of crunchy leaves over the top of him. He stood and they kicked and they threw the leaves and then Eva carefully selected one that had turned a beautiful deep red. And they started to walk back to the middle of the island. Toby started to hum a tune and Eva started to think of words to it. It was a game they played as a family, creating songs as they worked and played and lived. Eva worked through the words, with Toby making suggestions, and then she sang. The song came together pleasingly, easily, almost as though they were discovering it rather than writing it. They came, singing to the centre of the islands, and the Arthurs was standing, eyes alert, watching them and listening like someone hungry and lost. They stopped, and Toby felt in his pocket for all the leaves they had collected. But he was distracted. Please, he looked at Eva, please sing again. And so she did, letting her voice ring out across the island that she sang about.
0: Sing me again the green songs of spring. Let summer slip brightly into the light. Autumn burns orange, crunchy and cold. Then winter cold and quiet, like saying goodnight. Let me walk and remember, let me shiver and sung around the four seasons and welcome each one. Let me walk and remember, let me shiver and sung around the four seasons and welcome each one.
1: There was a silence and Arthur breathed out deeply. Thank you, thank you. There has not been a song sung on this island for too many years. You will have to teach me before you go. Please, sir, our parents. Toby held out the leaves and the man seemed to remember himself. Of course, come over here. He took them to a large, flattish stone in the centre of the clearing and directed Toby to place the leaves on top. When the last leaf touched its surface, they seemed to fuse with the stone and they all began to glow very faintly. Tell it what you are looking for, the man spoke quietly, and Toby spoke up. Our parents... Toby spoke in a low voice. The stone glowed more, and Eva noticed it was in a pattern now, lights shimmering over and round and round the surface of the rock. She thought that it looked like the lights were searching for something. And then the stone glowed, the whole thing again, and then dimmed. The leaves were gone. The strange man let out a deep sigh. Toby and Eva looked at him. They are here. You can relax. They reached the islands. They are safe. He paused and frowned. That does not mean that they will be easy to find or that it will be soon. But they are here. Toby smiled and reached over to Eva, who came in for a hug. You can leave tomorrow morning. You should rest now. You have many adventures ahead of you. You must teach me that song and drink my honeymead and catch fish and sleep deeply. From here, the Sapphire Islands get stranger and more wild and more wonderful. Tomorrow you must go to the next island you come to. For now, Let us rest. He led them to a small house built of trees and gave them a sweet drink made with honey and the taste of so many fruits. And they ate bread and cake filled with fruits and foods from all the seasons. The Arthurs lent Toby his fishing rod and tackle and as the evening drew in, Eva and he sat outside watching the stars appear and she taught him the song his husky voice long out of practice. Toby caught several fish and they said goodbye to the Arthurs. He wished them a good fortune. Toby caught several fish and they said goodbye to the Arthurs. He wished them good fortune and they returned to their ship and slept deeply and well for the first time since the storm. The
0: End thanks for listening. If you enjoy our stories, we'd love you to share this with your friends. Next week, Toby and Eva reach the second island where they find a totally different adventure and are given something to help on their quest.